From the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with Nilo Callahan, Chief Executive of Limerick Enterprise Development Mar- Partnership, a public-private partnership which uses revenue from its commercial property business to fund community projects of impact across Limerick. Welcome to AIBF Business Talk today. Today I catch up with Niall O'Callaghan. Niall, you've recently been acknowledged as Public Private Sector Executive of the Year, but it didn't just all, you know, start today. You know, you've a long history behind what got you here. Can you just take us back to the very beginning of your career and of all of those, I suppose, career moves and chess moves, if you like, which has resulted in you holding your position as CEO um, at Limerick Enterprise Development Partnership? My first role, um, my first first role coming out of college was actually with Robert Roberts, who were a food distribution company. Famously, they have a coffee brand, but uh, they also distribute a, a whole host of different products. Um, and I started out there in a in an assistant role, key accounts assistant role. Um, and I'd done a master's in food marketing, so it was a nice, uh, lucky to pick up the role at the time. Um, and I learned some really from really great people. And, and like, there's a number of people who. I could probably name in one hand throughout my career who I learned a hell of a lot of. And at the time, my boss was a lady by the name of Roisin O'Shea, a fantastic individual who, I suppose, pushed me and mentored me as much as anything else in that role. So I spent, uh, I think, about two and a half years with Rob Roberts, and I kind of learned very much the trade of living off 3-4% margins uh, and the amount of work that goes in for an organization that that survives on that, that, that thin skin. So that was a huge learning curve for me. And I was lucky to uh, come across an opportunity with the consumer goods giant Unilever after that. Um, and that was a whole different kettle of fish as regards the enormity and size of that company. So if you can imagine negotiating with Tesco or, or done stores or, or any other retailers, when you're Robert Roberts and your market share is about three or 4% in the tea aisle, and you go to someone like Unilever who've got a brand like Lions Tea and you've got 45% market share, you can imagine the pressure ratchets up quite significantly um, as regards how you make sure that you get your point across the line, get your product on the shelf, grow your market share, etc. So um, I spent nearly nine years with Unilever and it was probably the best training ground that I could have had, you know, from my mid-20s to my early 30s. Um, Unilever are a fantastic company in the sense of not only have they got huge, huge amount of focus on morality, uh, and ethical issues but equally they give a lot of responsibility to young people so age is not a factor it's about experience and ability that they judge you on uh, and that that managed to manifest itself in giving me a lot of responsibility uh, over over portfolios at a relatively young age and I think as well you know going back just there to your first position that you mentioned with Robert Roberts and having control of us was a lot of key accounts and that dealing with dealing with people I suppose that was a huge induction as was into your later career you know which which blossomed absolutely yeah and it's something that i suppose if if you were to ask me what my strengths were it'd probably be my you know my, my first or second on the list would be my ability to get on with people because ultimately as i always say people don't deal with businesses they deal with people um and people isn't it absolutely and and i suppose you know when you're at the cold face of negotiating you're dealing with people um you know if you've got an ability to get on with them to listen to them 
you know, really listen to the issues, really listen to what they need to, what they require to make them successful. If you can tap into that at all, you're 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 on a very good state in relation to making making yourself successful and achieve things with those people. So that was a huge, huge lesson, a learning curve for me in, in those years. And I could see, I suppose, by absorbing others who maybe would have made mistakes in dealing with people, I could see the benefit of being being able to connect with people and build relationships. And I've carried that through throughout my career, really. And I think having almost a decade with the, such a brand, you know, as a Unilever, but as you said there, it's it was pressure of a different type. You know, when you talked about the types of margins, but also of the market share as well that you had. So there's different types of pressures coming on there with regard to targets, KPIs, all of that. Absolutely. And, and just to give you a very simple example, there was also a huge amount of internal pressure. So I can distinctly remember one very, very hot summer throughout Europe. Uh, and of course, all of our HB ice cream was essentially produced in factories across Europe. Um, so, you know, even products like Magnum, for example, mm. If you had to put an Irish label on a Magnum product, you know, and you're 2% of the total production run, and there's a hot summer in Germany and they're 60%, you can imagine how difficult it is to get them to change the line in order to ensure that you've got your 3,000 cases of Magnum good into Dunn stores in, in Little Old Ireland, when you've got a, a huge multinational retailer like Carrefour, someone screaming for product on the continent. So not only was there pressure externally in dealing with the customers, but also being able to negotiate internally to make sure that they did actually stop the production line. They put on a, um, a quick production run for Ireland for 12 hours, got you the product, which essentially kept us out of trouble with our own customers. So huge amount of negotiation, relationship management, uh, cajoling, pamossing, you name it. It had to be done in order to make sure that you were successful at what you do. And I suppose a huge thing for any of our listeners that are on here today, especially anybody that's maybe in the infancy of their career or might just, you know, be maybe out of college within the first you know, 10 years or whatever that is, is I suppose never to underestimate the importance of your network and relationships and your your people skills, I think, just as much as your 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 technical knowledge. Absolutely. And and as I always say, look for the easy wins because you know it takes time to build relationships. We, I think we all recognize that as human beings, whether you're in business or not. But try and eke out those early small wins that build trust and build rapport with somebody. So you know, making sure that you, you, you're diligent and you don't make mistakes if you're submitting information to a supplier or, you know, small things like that can create a huge amount of goodwill. If a supplier gets frustrated with you or feel like they're chasing you, you're on the back foot straight away. So I always try to make make the customer's life a bit easier and they will gravitate towards you. And I think that's so important is, you know, to take those small wins, as you see, not always be holding out for the big, big win. You know, every, every the, the top of the stairs is only got to, by you know each step along the way and i think that's so important as well and sometimes i think you know when you're talking to people especially that might be younger in their careers there's often this speed and this hurriedness maybe to get on and to get there faster but actually that mightn't always necessarily be the right approach absolutely and and i would overlay that with a huge dollop of of authenticity as well you know um again i would have seen throughout my career those individuals invariably that were authentic and true to themselves and who didn't put on an exterior guise of being somebody different were those that became more successful so that that ability just to be, be just to be yourself and be authentic and again it just helps build relationships because people trust people can see through if you're putting on a face or a guise people see that through that very quickly and it, it's something that you know if your career is built on that type of quicksand you're not going to get that success long term 
And just then to move on, that obviously helped you with the next direction that your career took, Niall. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I, I was at a, a, I suppose a real juncture in my career. I was early 30s. I had many opportunities to go global with Unilever, as I call it. You know, as I said, fantastic company, loads of different avenues to grow and develop as a person and, and your career. So I suppose I had a juncture in my early 30s, Elaine, in my career when um, I suppose I, I, I had two options. One, which was to go maybe on the corporate route with, with Unilever and go to global. So I was offered roles in London, Rotterdam, which could have taken me to, you know, quite significant positions within the Unilever company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other option was to come back home. And for me, to be quite honest, you know, the draw and, 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 and my, I just gravitated towards coming back home. It was something we wanted to do, myself and my, my wife, my now wife, um, we wanted to set up a family at home. So it was difficult for me at the time because there wasn't the types of, of jobs or companies like Unilever in Limerick at the time. So I had to take a small bit of a leap of faith. Um, and the role that attracted me most after, you know, scouring LinkedIn for about 12 months was was actually with the IDA. Um, and I'll confess at the time, I didn't know a huge amount about IDA Ireland and what they actually did. Uh, least of all, the fact that it was a, a you know a semi-state uh, company working in the public sector. That was all new to me, but I suppose just the, 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 the role itself, um, again, being able to transform my skill set into something where, okay, I, I wasn't fundamentally managing a PL, but I was very much in charge and responsible for developing relationships and and something about, you know, trying to improve Limerick Inc. attracted me to that position also. So luckily enough, I, I, I was successful in getting that role. Uh, and that started a journey of three, just over three years working with you, with ID Ireland and um, attracting some big, pretty big foreign investment companies into the region. So that was kind of really, you know, a, a very different, I suppose, career change around, wasn't it? Nine. It was huge, yeah, it was huge. Like, I suppose I was probably at that stage used to the higher pressure environment of owning a PL, owning a portfolio, mm-hmm. you know, huge pressures and demand on that. Whereas in IDA Ireland, it's probably far more collegiate in the sense of, you know, I could be dealing with someone who's a project manager based in the Dublin head office as well as um, uh, someone based in the San Jose office in California. And ultimately, you know, you don't own a project in the IDA. You know, you work with others to make things happen and to bring projects uh, to, to fruition. But again, back to that same old uh, analogy in relation to relationships, a lot of people I worked with in IDA Ireland I never met because they're based all over all over the world. And, you know, again, I was trying to position the Midwest and Limerick as a location to send itineraries, mm-hmm. prospective companies. And they were looking at Galway, they were looking at... Waterford, Wexford, Kilkenny, Dublin, Cork, you name it. So again, having to build those relationships again from scratch and influence my own colleagues internally that know, give me a chance, give me 12 hours with that company in Limerick and I'll try and convince them to come here. And again, look, it proved successful over a period of time when we saw huge investment in Limerick, um, huge expansions from the existing companies and also new companies coming into the region. So very rewarding in that sense. Um, and it was nice to get a break from the PL as well, I have to say. Yeah, it's always good, isn't it, to kind of to shake up your career in, in some aspect, but as well as that, to moving over to the semi-state type body. But now all of a sudden you're st- you're dealing with people and influences from a different side. But it's very interesting how, you know, that the teamwork, should we say, was a lot more evident maybe in the idea that you're dealing with project managers, you know, from different teams and people and supports from different offices. But um, 
So that all anyway led to where you are today, Niall. And I think what you're doing currently at Limerick Enterprise Development Partnership is testament to the fantastic career and people building relationship-wise that, that went beforehand. If you'd just like to share with our listeners the great work that you're doing at Limerick Enterprise Development Partnership. Sure, yeah. Um, we're I suppose we're very unique in the sense of, I believe we're the only charity, registered charity in Ireland that has a commercial property business that essentially funds activities that we support financially in and around Limerick. So that in itself is a bit of a mouthful. We've got a you know 16 acre campus um, that we manage on a day-to-day -day basis with many, many tenants and partners. And essentially what we do at the end of the year is any remaining revenue that we have, we, we repurpose that revenue 100% back into community initiatives in and around Limerick. So we don't actually deliver community services ourselves, but we fund or donate to existing services who are in need of our funding and support. So it's extremely rewarding when you see, you know, we're obviously based in Roxburgh, which is next door to South Hill, one of the most disadvantaged communities, not only in Ireland, but in Europe. Um, so you can see on a daily basis the impact that LEDP is having on the communities through some of the projects that we support, not only there, but in places like Myros and St. Mary's Park and all over Limerick. So very, very different to my career to date in the sense of far more rewarding from a human perspective, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, equally, it still brings the challenges of managing a commercial property business in the middle of that to, to obviously generate those funds. So it's a nice, nice balance for me personally in respect of maintaining my my toes, I suppose, in the water of commerciality, whilst also seeing some some really rewarding work on the other side of it. And I think, you know, something being rewarding, you know, is absolutely priceless when it comes to you actually delivering out because look we all know that people will buy from people that they like and trust and being in a position now that you can continue to to build those relationships but also to see the impact that you're having in the local communities you know that there must be such great satisfaction it must be so so rewarding for you as a person it's not just all about the commercial side of things but to see the difference now that you're making in people's lives and in the community Oh, it's, it's incredible. It really is. And I suppose anybody that, again, be new to the charity sector, anybody that's in that sector will probably attest to how rewarding um, working with people, you know, people in need is, you know. And particularly for me, in my last role, I was managing director of Shannon Heritage, which is a tourist attraction company. And uh, there was huge pressures involved in that particular role. So coming into this role where the work that you do is valued, the work that you do is appreciated, and you can see visible output in changing people's lives. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, to be quite honest. No, absolutely not. And I know that I myself had the pleasure of visiting um, your fantastic refurbished building out there, which was, for any of our listeners here familiar with the old Krupp site, um, and to see how it's actually transformed is fantastic. And if there's anybody looking for a hot desk or serviced office, I think you've just launched a fantastic serviced office facility as well, haven't you, Niall? Yeah, we just launched Spark Hub, which is the only uh, co-working hot desk facility in, in a regeneration area in, in the country, believe it or not. So really competitive rates. It's, it's not a commercial venture by us. It's very much we want to foster more enterprise creation in Limerick and support others from the community to come in and, and, and locate in our buildings. So... By all accounts, please do get in touch, uh, Spark Hub, on the LEDP website, and uh, you'll see more information there. Niall, it's been fantastic catching up with you here today on AIBF Business Talk, but also I've learned so much myself personally from you um, by virtue of the journey that you've brought us all on. And I think for any of our listeners here today, um, you know, there's a huge opportunity to cross-pollinate, you know, your own CV. Um, when you do get, you know, take that experience between industries, 
There's that cross-pollination opportunity is fantastic. And that just shows now what you can bring to the table. And one huge common thread that's going through it all is people skills, I think. Those soft skills, but with hard results, which have shown, which have brought you, you know, through companies such as the likes of Roberts and Roberts, the likes of Unilever, right up to where you are today. So for anybody out there, invest in yourself, invest in your people skills, value people and treasure it. So thank you for joining me, Niall. Thank you for listening to AIBF Business Talk today. I really do hope you enjoyed listening in. To find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars program, just go to www.aibf.ie. Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carroll, goodbye.